listening to Movie Mixtape on CJRU 1280 AM in Toronto. I'm your host, Alyssa Matthews. This week, we look at all of the festivals taking place this weekend in Toronto, including Rendezvous with Madness, Imagine Native, and Toronto After Dark. And Shauna Cox reviews The New Romantic. Here's Shauna with a review of the Canadian romantic comedy, The New Romantic. With crippling student debt, most students would find a job. But when you're the romance writer with no romance in your life, why not kill two birds with one stone? The New Romantic is a film all about a student finding her way out of debt, but also spicing up her love life. Blake is a romance column writer at her college paper, a column which is being cut due to her lack of material. With a gonzo journalism scholarship up for grabs and a need to save her column, Blake is introduced to a sugar daddy. Sounds like a win-win situation, right? This is a fresh and new film that dives into uncharted territory that's commonly not talked about, especially in films. Director and writer Carly Stone knew that the sugar baby topic was one to feature. Stone says, quote, I think the subject matter is really fascinating because it's such a gray area. There's so many types of relationships within the sugar baby, sugar daddy dynamic. I think setting it in university brings a whole other dimension to it because you're dealing with sugar babies that are ambitious and are wanting more than just material things or companionship." Unquote. Nostalgia, romance, and complicated feelings about relationships are all the emotions this film captures. The cast is fantastic with their acting chops and there are quite a few familiar faces like Riverdale's Camila Mendes. This has to be one of the best young Canadian films to premiere in a while. It's one you certainly don't want to miss. Catch the new romantic in theaters October 19th. For CJRU 1280 AM in Toronto, I'm Shauna Cox. Thanks, Shauna. This weekend, Rendezvous with Madness closes out its film programming on Saturday with a screening of A Mother Brings Her Son to be Shot. The film investigates the violent self-policing of Northern Ireland and the effects of this continuous violence on the community. Rendezvous with Madness is one of the largest art and mental health festivals in the world. In its 26th year... The programming has expanded to include more art disciplines. Canadian and Afghan co-production Layla at the Bridge and the French production La Prière screen tonight. All screenings take place at the AGO Jackman Hall located at 317 Dundas Street West. For tickets and more information, you can visit workmanarts.com. Also on this weekend is Imaginative. Imaginative celebrates its 19th year as a festival and as the world's largest presenter of Indigenous screen content. The festival includes films, exhibitions, conversations with artists, and the in-digital space, a space for a variety of digital medium, including games, VR, web series, and audio. The programming includes a number of free screenings and events. Tonight, Anori screens at 7.45 p.m. for free. Papalik Kreutzmann Jorgensen's film is inspired by Greenlandic myths, and it is the first feature to be directed by a Greenlandic woman. 
The closing gala screening will be a presentation of Skawe Kuna, the first feature-length film about the Haida people and in the Haida language. Co-directed by Gwai Edenshaw and Helen Haig-Brown, the film came out of a community planning process with goals of language revitalization and job creation for the youth in the community. Skawe Kuna screens on October 21st at 7 p.m. To find tickets and more information, you can visit imaginative.org. And tonight is the last night of Toronto After Dark Film Festival. Closing tonight's festival are two screenings of You Might Be the Killer. You Might Be the Killer is a slick, stylized, and very self-referential slasher film in the vein of 2011's Cabin in the Woods or 2015's The Final Girls. The film is aware that it is a horror film and the rules of the genre govern the action. You Might Be the Killer stars Allison Hannigan as Chuck, a video store clerk and horror film aficionado who receives a call from her best friend Sam, played by Fran Kranz. Sam, the head counselor at a remote summer camp, is on the run from a knife-wielding killer who has already offed a number of the counselors at the camp. Chuck talks Sam through the situation, trying to determine the identity of the killer throughout their conversation. Scenes of how the camp counselors were brutally murdered are shown in stylized gore. You Might Be the Killer relies on comic book style horror with bright colors, split screens, and a bloody death ticker that can continually comes up on screen. The cinematography is fantastic, creating a color-saturated 80s-style homage to the camp slasher. The first part of the film is fantastic and fast-paced, true to its aesthetic style throughout. The film does lag in the middle, but does pick up steam closer to the end. The concept behind the film is fun, and Hannigan and Krantz have good phone chemistry. Unfortunately, the concept just may not have been enough to make a fully engaging feature length. However, fans of the genre will likely enjoy You Might Be the Killer. You Might Be the Killer screens at Toronto After Dark Film Festival tonight at 9.45pm and at midnight. The early show is already sold out, but there will be a rush line and tickets are available for the late screening. You can find tickets and more information about the festival at torontoafterdark.com. Earlier this week, Jen Wexler's punk slasher The Ranger had its Toronto debut at Toronto After Dark. I had a chance to chat with Jen about the film. Here's a little bit of our interview. Thanks for taking some time to talk to me today about your film, The Ranger. Yeah, thanks for chatting with me. Of course. Uh, so it screened last night at the Toronto After Dark Film Festival. I thought maybe just to start, um, I get you to tell us a little bit about the film. It's a movie about a bunch of teen punks that get in trouble with the cops, and they go to the woods to hide out from the cops, where they come up against a killer park ranger, and he starts to take them out one by one. Cool. Yeah. And so, I mean, you just mentioned, of course, it's a bunch of punks. Um, I found the music in it is um, 
really fantastic and I think also brings a ton of uh, energy to the film. And I guess it has a bit of a Canadian uh, connection. Um, so could you tell us a little bit more about the, the music in the film? Yeah, well, we have on the soundtrack Gagel Abortions, and also our composers are Wade McNeil and Andrew Gordon McPherson, and they're from Toronto. And um, Wade is in the band Alexis on Fire and Gallows. Um, overall, with the soundtrack, we I really wanted it to feel like a mixtape, and I really wanted it to feel like like when the punks are in control, like you're hearing their music. And then as they kind of lose their way in the woods, you, uh, you know, you go more into Wade and Andrew's score and it becomes more cinematic. Uh, and then ultimately you, you're listening to the Rangers music of choice as he kind of gains control. So it was really cool, you know, being able to, to play with the music while I was in post. We worked with, uh, my, uh, producing partner, Heather Buckley, and I worked with Music supervisor Mita Goodwin, who was a band promoter back in the '80s, and he was friends with all these bands, and he kind of got them to like sign off on being involved in the movie, and then he just gave me a bunch of albums. He was like, "You can use music from these albums." So it was really special for me as a filmmaker to get to like sit with my cut, like listen to different songs, and figure out like thematically and energy-wise what made the most sense for the film. Yeah, that's that's really uh, neat to hear that you kind of got to work with that music at the time. And I found like especially, you know, the energy in the film like is super it's super high. And I think it, it even just from the beginning and um, I was around for a little bit of the Q&A last night and you kind of there was a mention about the the opening scene kind of starts at a show um, what sort of the story behind that? That was an actual show that you ended up shooting? Yeah, we, um, so we threw a show at this punk club called Don Pedro in Brooklyn. And, um, this band in UK from Rochester, New York, drove down to Brooklyn and they always wanted to be like the punk band in a movie, in like a horror movie. So they were super into being in the film. And what we kind of did was like we started the day off um, shooting, you know, the movie like you would any movie with the AD, kind of telling our background actors what to do and stuff. But halfway through the day, we, the camera then went into B-roll mode, and we really just threw a show, and um, we kind of just, uh, like, the camera captured the vibe of the show. That's awesome. Um Sort of uh, going on that I- that idea that you mentioned about the the band being like we've always wanted to be the band in one of these in a in a horror film. Uh, when you were deciding to do this project, like how I guess how important to you was it to sort of do a project that was so tied to music? Like, is that also something that you sort of were specifically interested in making? Yeah, it was, I mean, it's really important to the, uh, it's so organic to the story. And I I fell in love with the concept of uh, this, like, comic book type of world uh, that featured these punks that go up against this killer park ranger. So that's really, I fell in love first and foremost with that. But then, as you know, you start building out the concept and putting the movie together, you really start to think about not just visually, but musically and sound design uh, wise as well, how to color in 
the movie once you write the film. So um, it wasn't long before uh, my producer Heather and I just like kind of sat down and really started to think about like our ideal, uh, our dream fans for it. And then, you know, I would sit with my DP and, and talk about like the color palette and with my production designer. It's like, so it, it's just like the course of making a movie is just so much fun because you're really getting to explore the movie in all these different ways. When can people see your film? I mean, it already screened it after dark, but um, are there screenings coming up or is there any other release information? Yeah, so Shudder is going to be releasing it um, in 2019. And also uh, we're going to, uh, A71 is releasing on uh, home video as well in 2019. So it's coming very soon. Well, thanks so much for taking a bit of time and chatting with me. Cool. Thank you so much. Thanks again to Jen Wexler for chatting with me earlier this week. If you wanted to find more information about Toronto After Dark, you can visit torontoafterdark.com. And to find more information about The Ranger, you can visit theranger-movie.com. Also, stay tuned to Morning Mixtape next week for interviews from some of the directors from this year's festival. That's all for Movie Mixtape this week. To find out more about the films discussed and to hear past episodes, you can visit the archive at film.cjru.ca. For Movie Mixtape, I'm Elissa Matthews.